Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Well, good afternoon. I am Michelle Lichty, and I am here with Ed Hoskins, Covenant family member. Hello, Ed. Hi, Michelle. How are you today? I am good. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Ed uh, spoke on Sunday morning about, um, well, I titled it, Ed, Lessons from a Life in Missions. Um, So you have spent your life, I probably more mission-minded than in actual missions. Is that, would you say that's a correct description? Well, I've actually never made a division. I just figured it was part of the normal Christian life. You know, that figure that every Christian is supposed to be involved in missions. And, you know, we've been involved, again, the majority of our, these last 50 years, you know, have been spent right here in the U.S. You know, I've never wanted to be a, a full-time professional missionary. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was, I just wanted to be someone who was always a tent maker. In other words, mm-hmm. like the Apostle Paul, that everywhere he went, he uh, made tents. And he, he sought out other people who were making tents. And that's how he provided and made, made a living. Uh, we've been in a very similar way. I've been a, you know, I've had bills to pay just like you and, you know, your family and, uh, you know, just like folks here, every folks at Covenant, but the majority of our time has been spent right here in the United States. We had two years in Lebanon. We had a year in Saudi Arabia. Uh, and then we also had, had a, parts of several summers, you know, in Pakistan and some in the, in the UAE, um, in the Gulf region. But basically mm-hmm. most of everything has been right here. And so, hmm. no, I've never really thought of it in, in certain terms. I just fear it's a normal Christian life. <laughs> I love that. I um, I grew up in a Christian home, and my my aunt was a missionary to Africa, and my grandfather is a pastor, and um, my family was very church oriented and missions. We opened our homes to missionaries every year, and um, it's it just. It, it is, it is, it should be a part of our daily lives as believers. And I think um, some, so it sometimes isn't because of distractions and um, just maybe a mindset issue. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, honestly, I really wouldn't know, Michelle. I did not, I was not raised in a, you know, in a church home. Hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, we went to church. You know, but they were just very nice people. My folks were wonderful, wonderful people. It was a loving home, you know, and my mom was had a lot involved with the leadership in the Methodist church. You know, I, I don't think either one of them were believers till shortly before they before they uh, uh, died. Hmm. Uh, uh, but it was a so as far as being raised, I mean, I I was raised effectively as an atheist and hmm. ag- agnostic, you know, I mean, a very nice one, I, I thought, <laughs> uh, but other people didn't necessarily think so. Yeah, you know, so that's I was just pretty, pretty average, pretty normal. And I went, we went to church on Sundays, but I couldn't wait to get home and do things, get out of church, do something really important, like, you know, watch football or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, on Sunday morning, you talked, um, you gave several lessons, six or seven lessons of your life, wow. um, mission, folk, you know, thinking about missions. And um, so I just wanted to kind of, go through those a little bit. 
the first lesson I wrote down was um, we are a part of a chain of Christian witnesses. Absolutely. And community is important. Absolutely. I 100%, 100% believe that. Early on in missions, I was kind of taught that we could kind of be the, you know, the, the Minutemen, the, the people mm. that, uh, you know, we could do it all. You know, we could go in and uh, we do the strike force and the team and all this sort of thing. And then we did the reaping and we did the planting and the sowing. And, you know, mm -hmm. but it's more like what Paul writes, uh, you know, or, you know, Luke writes about in, in, the, in the book of Acts. You know, he mm -hmm. says, uh, uh, you know, Paul watered, you know, uh, you know, Apollos, you know, did the ministry, but gives us God gave the increase, you know. Mm -hmm. and, but really, uh, we've, uh, as I've thought of my own life over the years, uh, you know, truckloads of people had input into my life. Which one of them were most important? Well, they mm -hmm. all were. And mm -hmm. was one more important than the other? Well, they may have had more concentrated roles, but everyone had a role all the way from, you know, my Reverend Wordler, the, the pastor of our Methodist church. And um, some people later said that he wasn't much of a preacher, but I figured he must have been because my dad used to always describe him. And I grew up believing what my dad said. My dad said he was a hellfire and brimstone preacher. That's kind of uh, uh, <laughs> non-church speak. You know, mm -hmm. for this, probably somebody who believes the Bible, you know, mm -hmm. they want to be serious about, about, about preaching the word. And I knew Reverend Wordler growing up. And then after I was a believer, and he was a very godly man who, who always, uh, you know, tried to, you know, share Christ with people. I thought it was very genuine. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so everybody, I, it's, it's not just one person. We are all part of a chain, you know, mm -hmm. and if it takes, and I, there was many times that literally when I thought back, when I heard the gospel, and I didn't respond until until later, but it seems like God has those things percolating in our lives all the time. So, yeah, yeah I think that everything we do, you know, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, with the, the kids programs and just you know people being welcomed in and, and parents feeling that their kids are safe, you know, when they come here, all of those things are important, you know, in the uh, milieu of the gospel. You mm -hmm. know, and it may not uh, supposedly take root or see fruit for years. You know, and that's OK. You know, that's, that's as it should be. Yes. And in a, in a generation or in the world of instant gratification of, you know, 30 seconds later, my water is hot from the microwave. Sometimes we, we lose that long view of, um, of life that, you know, just a kind word said in the, in the grocery store, a quick, you know, can I pray for you to the, to the waiter? Um, at your table can make a, can, can make a big difference. Um, if we're willing to say those things in the moment. And most times it's not saying things, isn't it? It's just, it's just doing and being and, and just modeling, you know, mm -hmm. Christ to other people. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know that they're feeling that they're important, you know, and um, so we can make people feel important by just treating them who they are. And that's how we okay. see them because they really are important. Everyone has been made in the image of God, whether okay. they're believers or not, you know, and God, they're precious in God's sight. Yes, absolutely. And that's, that just reminds me of what David talked about a week ago, that in Christianity, Christianity is one of the only religions, if not the only religion in the world who elevates the neighbor, um, and, and, and provide our uh, assigns value to people around us, whether they're believe in Jesus or not. 
And, um, but, and when we recognize them and notice them, then we are seeing, hopefully we're seeing them with God's eyes, right? I hope so. With his love. Yeah. Another, um, another lesson that you, uh, talked about was that missions, um, involves personal sacrifice. Hmm. That's nobody. We don't like to talk about that one because that's, it's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. It's not fun. I mean, life's messy mm-hmm. and people are messy, you know, and they have, they have real problems and, you know, and, uh, they get nosebleeds and they fall down and they have to, you know, they need somebody to come along and give some assistance, you know, at times. And, you know, again, it's, we like to, my personal preference is to, is to be comfort, comfortable. I like comfort, you know, but mm-hmm. nowhere in the scriptures does God promise that he is all, he's not all that interested in my personal comfort. <laughs> he is interested in my being willing to follow him and be available to what he's doing in the lives of other people. But yeah, mm-hmm. unfortunately, yeah, there is involved in sacrifice. But you know, that really becomes Christ-like because, you know, if there's no sacrifice involved, where's, uh, where's Christ-likeness show? Hmm. Hmm. That is especially relevant today on Ash Wednesday when we start the Lenten season, looking forward to Christ's ultimate sacrifice. That, yes, we are called to sacrifice too and to suffer. And which reminds me of um, your story about leaving Beirut and being separated from your family and seeing and all the suffering going on around you. So that was. I can do a sigh with that. You know, it's all these memories coming back and and then what's happening today, you know, Mm -hmm. right now with Ukraine and that situation, you know, we've seen film of, of, I've even watched on the internet of, you know, Christians, you know, believing Christians uh, in, in the subways, you know, just gathering just to just to pray and praise God with hymns, you know, and uh, kind of in the spirit of, you know, Josh Fett and Hezekiah and, you know, Lord, uh, we have nothing we can do, but our eyes are upon you. Mm, yes, yes, absolutely. And, oh, <laughs> uh, and then. Another lesson that you talked about is that we, that rejection is common. You will get pushback when you are, even as, even as we are uh, loving our neighbors or being kind, even that can bring pushback or um, harsh words. It's not fun. But it, it's, Jesus promised it, Matthew 10. He said, if they've called the head of the house Beelzebul, you know, how much more the members of his household. He, uh, mm-hmm. he wanted his disciples, or wanted all of us to be, be aware of that. You know, we're not doing it just so that people will treat us nice, you know, or that it's not a formula that we're trying to do. You know, we're literally um, God with skin on, you know, for many people, because the other people have been God with skin on for me. You know, mm-hmm. this wonderful lady, you know, uh, Mrs. Black, who had this Christian kindergarten, you know, and uh, she put up with a lot of my shenanigans, you know, and prayed for me. And I, I know I was not the most delightful child, you know, in her kindergarten. In fact, most teachers probably were very happy to see me graduate and move <laughs> on so I could cause trouble for other people. You know, <laughs> but there, there's some kids around that are just 
delightful to have around. I was not one of those children. <laughs> it's just hard to imagine that, Ed. It just really is. <laughs> you know, what, what we're seeing is we see things down the road, you know, after God has kind of tempered and done a lot of testing and smelting and, you know, heating and uh, God has put on, God does a lot of spankings. You know, I'm glad that he does, you know, but he's very, very faithful, you know, spare the rod and spoil the child. And yeah, it's much more painful to be spanked by God, you know, than it mm. is by any other situation, you know, but that's why he wants us to learn, you know? Mm -hmm. oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Because without our suffering or without uh, the rejection, without those, um, without those disciplines from, from, from God, then we don't, uh, our character isn't developed and um, we become flabby or uh, what do you, we, we don't have the under the, we, we don't have, oh my goodness, I can't find my words today. Um, we don't put the importance on our character that God does if we're left to our own devices. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was one of your points too, is that um, we need to guard our personal holiness. That's huge. That's huge. And I don't think enough of us, I certainly don't appreciate it as much as I, as I need to. And I want to increasingly over the years, but that's absolutely devastating. You know, mm -hmm. God promises says, I just, you know, Isaiah 42, he says, I will not give my glory to another or my praise to graven images, you know, and, uh, and we see that in second Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy, you know, and says, if a person, if a man of God is, or a woman of God is trying to cleanse himself from these negative aspects, you know, in life, he'll be used by the master fit for service. But if not, we're not going to be used, you know, that's mm -hmm. just the way it is. God does not use dirty vessels. And uh, we don't believe that enough. I don't believe that enough. And and I, I want everyone to, to realize that how seriously important, you know, that is to treat God as the holy God that he is. Hmm. Yes, I think that um, developing that understanding of God's holiness is, uh, it takes time and it takes, it takes quiet and silence and meditation on who God is. And um, and meditation on scripture, some of those scriptures that you just mentioned. And uh, um, takes bad experiences too. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it that's, does. That's the most effective way we learn. Unfortunately, it is. Yes. Um, one of the, some of the points that you made, um, kind of going back to how we relate to the people in our lives, um, I... I just really appreciated your, the reminder that we just need to show up. Sometimes we don't need to be perfect. And I, sometimes it's, it's easy for me to think, well, I don't have the exact right words to say, so I just don't want to say anything at all. I'm with you. Are you really? You. It seems like you have good, just good answers for everything. No, I, I hear you. Truly. <laughs> it, it, it really is true. You know, we're, none of us are going to be perfect. None of us are perfect now. Oh, there's, you know, Charlene, my wife, likes to talk about, it's like we're in the Ant Olympics. You know, we kind of look down on an anthill and, and, and if we could kind of get into some of their conversations, you know, every, maybe every two weeks they have the Ant Olympics, 
you know, and they say, wow, they're so excited down here. You know, we have finally, someone has pole vaulted 1.23 centimeters. Nobody ever has done more than 1.22 centimeters. You know, I, I mean, in, from, from God's perspective, I mean, obviously that's nothing. And yet we think God is limited by our inabilities or abilities. He really is not. All he wants us to do is to give things back to him and so that he can multiply them. You know, and that's what's delightful. And for that, most of the times we have to show up, just show up. doesn't mean that if there are certainly, God wants us to get better at things. He wants us to learn how to ask better questions, how to tell better stories, how to better uh, be involved in the scriptures with other people's lives and better observant to when there's needs, you know, around us. So if there's things that we're neglecting to do, that's wrong too. You know, but we're, you know, we give everything we have and if we've given it to the Lord, let him multiply it. He can, he can take and multiply and do whatever he wants with it, but he does need us to show up. Hmm. Yes. There's a passage in Chronicles. It says, I sought for a man among them, you know, to stand in the gap for this people. Mm-hmm. And so I found none and the people, these people were destroyed. It says, God's eyes were on to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for faithful people. You know, it doesn't mean he's not looking for the gifted, skillful people, but he's mm-hmm. looking for the faithful people who will be his hands and his fingers you know, with other people. And that's a real challenge. It's also, yeah, it's also our opportunity because all of us can fit in there. All of us are ungifted. Yes. Some of us more ungifted than others mm-hmm. and God. And I love what you just said that God is looking for faithful people. Um, because sometimes it's easy for me and I'm, I think I'm probably not alone. It's easy for me to compare myself with other people and think, well, I'm not like that person. I'm not as outgoing as this person. I'm not quick on my feet like this other person. Um, But God wants to use me the way he created me when I choose to be faithful. Absolutely. It's really like Moses when he felt before the Lord, oh God, get somebody else to lead your people out of Egypt. Don't don't <laughs> use me. And and uh, God's his question, first question to him is, Moses, what is that in your hand? And of course, it was his staff. Mm-hmm. And basically, God was telling him that I'm going to use what is in your hand, and uh, you're in my hand. Uh, and part of it, it's it's like I talk about. I probably my favorite Bible character uh, is a fellow called Shamgar in the, in the book of Judges. He's mm-hmm. only mentioned twice. Judges 3.31 and Judges 5.6. But it says basically that Shamgar says he was a farmer in a field. He had all he had didn't look like, you know, he was an enemy occupied territory. didn't have much going on for him. Uh, But it says that all he had was an ox goat. It's a little double tooled instrument, you know, sharp on one end for prodding the oxen, but the other one is for digging in the ground. But he used that and God used him to lead an insurrection, you know, and (laughs) deliver, deliver the people of Israel, you know, and it says God used him to save Israel. So Shamgar started where he was with what he had. He was a farmer in a field. What did he have in his hand? Had an ox goat. You know, he did, he did what he could and he watched God bless. And I think that's God, what God wants from us. He wants to take who we are, where we are with what we have, give it back to him, let him multiply it and then watch him bless. I can't and, think of a better place to end our discussion than on that note. Cool. That, yeah, that God wants to take us where we are and, and use what we have in our hands, um, for his glory, not for our glory, but for his glory. Yeah. 
Well, thank you, Ed. I appreciate you being with me today. And thank you to our audience, whether you've joined us live or whether you've joined us um, later on our blog or on our podcast, we're thankful that you took a few minutes of your day to be with us. So have a great day.